0: Well, I'm, I'm on, really honored today to have uh, some dear friends with us over the last couple of times, Pastor James and, and Pastor Bridget. Both have uh, we've become fast friends. Um, they're such amazing people, just true servants of God, love, love people, love the church. Um, I'm looking forward to him sharing what he has with you because it, in this season that we're in, I think I always get a little bit nervous just just in me about seasons where the pastor is going to be away for a season because you just you, you wonder how that'll affect people um, and what's been so amazing during this season of sabbatical for pastor is that every week has been powerful and impactful and God has spoken through all of the speakers and it's just lined up perfectly in the spirit and so I'm so thankful that as we were talking even last week Pastor James called me and he started sharing with me what God had put on his heart I've It was just immediate, just a click, that, yep, he's right in the vein. The Holy Spirit can speak all the way to Roanoke, you know, in South Lake. Um, But I'm thankful to have them here, and and if you haven't had a chance to meet them yet, then uh, I hope that you do. Uh, Pastor James Morris is the executive ministry pastor. Is that right? Is that close? Executive ministry pastor. So he kind of works in central and oversees the ministry over all the campuses. And then uh, Pastor Bridget is the pastor of Gateway Women. I said pathway women the first service and scared everybody. But um, <laughs> she's pastor of Gateway Women. And we're just honored to have them. And so will you just join me in welcoming them uh, to our house today? And you can greet each other as you're seated as he comes up.
1: It's great to be here with all of you at Pathway Church. Welcome. Welcome. I was here, uh, I believe, in March, and so it it is exciting to be back. Uh, Pastor Mark just um, shared what I do. I work at Gateway Church. He actually texted me this morning and said, hey, what's your title? And so I had to email myself to see what my title says at the bottom. I was like, I don't actually know what I... I got to find out what I do, what my title says, so that I could respond to the text message. So I'm extremely excited to be here with you. Uh, I wanted to tell you thank you. Uh, thank you for allowing your pastor to be on sabbatical, allow him to get rest and recoup, allow, uh, and then just as a church, for you to just continue to pray and press in for the leadership. As a pastor of Gateway Church, we love you guys. We're so grateful to be connected with you. We're so con- uh, grateful to be connected with Marty and Pastor Mark and his wife, Lane. and it's just a joy uh, that we have that relationship. And so we've been praying for you as a church. We've been praying for the leadership here. We're praying for uh, just you guys during this season. And so thank you, and thank you for allowing uh pastor marty to be out on sabbatical right now and you guys are still being faithful and connecting so thank you for that uh a little about me i work at gateway church i brought my beautiful talented amazing wife with me bridget morris you can say hi to everyone we have three kids parker mitchell and bray parker's eight mitchell's five and bray is three uh I always like to start off with something a little bit funny, but I never have to plan on it because one of the kids will do something funny right before I speak all the time. And so right before this happened yesterday and um, something that my middle child did. But first, about two to three months ago, we got a home phone and we hadn't had a home phone before because I've just had a cell phone and Bridget's had a cell phone. So we got this home phone. And now our kids are wearing out the entire family with phone calls (laughs) and they just keep calling. If you don't answer, they'll call again. If you don't answer, they call again. And so they just to the point now, I think everyone knows it's going to be a long conversation that now they don't answer. But uh, my middle child was uh, calling and he called my brother and he said, hey, Josh, it's James. I just I mean, hey, Josh, it's Mitchell. I just wanted to call you. It was a voicemail. And so uh, he didn't answer again. So this probably on the fourth call. So he said, hey, it's Mitchell. I just wanted to leave you a boy's mail. And so he hung up. I said, did you just say you left him a boy's mail? He goes, yeah, I'm a boy. He's a boy. It's a boy's mail, right? So he's been leaving everybody some boy's mails and connecting with as many people as he can. And uh, he's just having a blast and wearing people out. So if he had your phone number, he would guaranteed be calling you to tell you some long story about losing a tooth or something right now. So uh, that's uh, my kids right now. And uh, as I was praying for this week, and just as uh, Pastor Mark said, I was praying about it and I actually felt pretty strong that the Lord wanted me to encourage you with this word. Um, The title of the message is The Battle is the Lord's. The battle is the Lord's. And a battle can just be a trial, it can be a difficult season, it can be uh, something that you're going through, but it is the Lord's. Have any of you been through a challenge, a trial, or are going through one, or you think you might go through one one day? Okay, this is great, this message is for you. This is encouraging. Good. So the Lord's working. So uh, it's going to be um, just an encouraging message of just that the battle is the Lord's. And we're going to look at in 1 Samuel 17. It's a story of David and Goliath. It's a pretty well-known story. And people even outside of churches have heard David and Goliath. But we're going to look in this story of David and Goliath and pull out some truths that happen. The, the chapter is made up of 58 verses and seven major quotes that David says. So we're going to be looking at some of the quotes that David says, declaring that the battle is the Lord, but we're going to be looking at how he postures his heart, what he's doing as we uh, explore this these passages. Is that is that okay? Good. So it, it starts off with, explaining the the picture the scenario of what's happening and there is this mountain range i've been to israel it's mainly just two giant hills and there is these these mountains with this valley in the middle and so there's this valley in the middle you have the philistines on one side you have the israel army on the other side and then there's this great champion warrior named goliath he was six cubits and one span tall A cubit is 18 inches, a span is six inches. So he's nine foot six inches tall. You can see the intimidation factor, right? And he's known as this great, mighty warrior. Everybody has heard of Goliath. And so he's known as this great warrior, and he would come down the mountain and say, and yell at the Israel army and say, choose a man. Choose a man to come fight me. And if you guys win, we will serve you. But if we win, all of you will serve us. And every time this would happen, the Israel army would be terrified and trembling in fear. So that's setting it up. But then you have David. David is the youngest of eight. His dad is Jesse. Jesse uh, has eight eight boys and the three oldest are serving on the Israel army under Saul. Saul was the king. And so Jesse gathers some bread and some cheese and... Potentially, he was a little nosy, but he said, Hey, David, I know you're tending the sheep right now. Why don't you go and check on your brothers? Give the captains, give your brothers some bread and some cheese and kind of gain some intel. Let me know what's going on and find out. So, David goes, he leaves the, the sheep, he goes to check on his brothers with bread and cheese. And whenever he gets there, he sees Goliath come and say, Choose a man to come fight me. Choose a man. And he watches what it does to the army. The the fear, the trembling, what happens. But he recognizes, but who is this? Who is this that we serve the almighty God? Why would we be operating in fear knowing that we serve the great mighty God? And so he, uh, he, he watches this and he says, Goliath is nothing like we serve God. How is it that he is defying the army of the Lord? So he says, I'll fight him. I'll fight him. So he was of youth. He was considered a kid in a lot of people's eyes. And so the the word gets around and he goes uh, to Saul, the king. And Saul says, like, you want to fight him? Kind of you want to take him out? You're going to fight him? And he said, yeah. And he goes on to say, listen, I tend my father's sheep. And when a bear and a lion came to take a sheep, I fought them off. I grabbed them by the hair on their chin and struck them on the head. And the same God that delivered me from the bear and the lion will deliver me from this man. The same God that delivered me then. That's not necessarily a little boy thing to take out a bear and a lion. <laughs> he, he had, uh, he was prepared, he was saying, I'll do it. So, title of the message is The Battle is the Lord. Point number one is the past, the past. And so, picking up in 1st uh, chapter 17, verse 17, it says, Moreover, David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from this Philistine. What David does right there is he's looking back at God's faithfulness. He's looking that God is faithful and that he has been faithful and that God is faithful. He was faithful and he will continue to be faithful. We need to sometimes look at our past and say, no, God is faithful. And I don't know if maybe whenever he fought the bear and the lion, if he was going into those battles thinking, God delivered me from a raccoon. I mean, I don't know if it incrementally got greater and greater or God delivered me from a snake. But he's looking back to say, listen, God is good. God is faithful. And I can look back at God's goodness and know that today God will be faithful, that God will be faithful. And whatever challenge, whatever trial you're facing, look back at God's goodness and recognize what he's already done so you can step in and say God will deliver me. He's already delivered me and he will continue to deliver me. God has been faithful. God is faithful, faithful, and God will be faithful. And uh, so then uh, I want to ask you all a question. Do you think after David fought the bear and the lion, potentially he was like, come on, God, why didn't you protect it? Why didn't you protect the sheep? Why why did you allow a bear and a lion to come after the sheep? Potentially, God's answer would have been because I was preparing you for a giant. Or because I'm preparing you to be king. And you know, sometimes it's not necessarily the enemy. I mean, it's not necessarily God putting some of these trials on you, but he's using them to test you and to... Define you so that you can continue to conquer more land. So you can continue to conquer more. He continues to do that. So let me ask you another question. Why did the lion and the bear come after the sheep? It's a really deep answer. Because they eat sheep. Right? (laughs) Because they eat sheep. It's not like they were like, "Uh, I just want to go pick on David, it's that they are hungry and they go after the sheep. But why does the enemy come after us? Because the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's what makes it an enemy is because it comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And we recognize that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but we don't have to allow that to define us because God has control because the battle is the Lord's with great battles come great victories and God will use those battles as victories in your life so that you can be like David and you can look back at the past you can say look what God has done in my life I will remember and I will believe that God will be faithful let's remember what God's already done Deuteronomy 6 12 says Then beware lest you forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Let's remember what God's already done. Whatever God's even done in your own personal life. Let's remember that as we look forward to say God's prepared us. Let's say whatever trial you're facing, you can speak to it and you could say, yeah, but remember when God showed his strength here in my life. Remember what God did here. God will also do that here. Uh, So point number one is the past. Point number two is the present. You might even get ahead of me. I'm going with point number three. But the past, the present. And so as we look at this, um, David had gone to uh, Saul and said, "I'll, I'll fight him. And so then Saul says, great, may the Lord be with you. Go fight him. You're the only one that's willing to do it. Good luck with you. So he goes to fight And uh, but first it says, so Saul clothed David with his armor and he put a bronze helmet on his head. He also clothed him with a coat of mail. Now, why he dressed him up in envelopes and stamps, I don't know. I'm sorry. That's a dad joke. Little dad joke for you. So a uh, coat of mail is like a bunch of chains linked together to help protect you in battle. Uh, David fastened the sword to his armor and tried to walk for he had not tested them. And David said to Saul, I cannot walk with these, for I have not tested them. So David took them off. The the point is, what is it that God has already prepared you for? What is it that God has already developed you for in this trial? What is it that God has already put in you for this? So Bridget and I, we have two vehicles. We have a, it's not necessarily a his and her vehicle or anything like that. It's more of so of a family vehicle with car seats in it. And then somehow it's another vehicle that's somehow just as messy as the family vehicle. I don't know how that worked out. So we have two messes. So you just pick what mess you're doing based on who has the kids. And so oftentimes Bridget will drive uh, one and I won't think about it. And so Bridget is five foot five by what she her standards that she says. I don't know what shoes that's including, but Bridget's five foot five and I'm six foot two. And so what happens is I always just go to jump in the vehicle and I jump in and I hadn't thought about it, but Bridget was in there last night, hit my knees. And it just happens repeatedly and I need to learn to like, hey, adjust the seat before I jump in and bust my knees. But why is that? It's because Bridget was created different than I am. And however I'm set up to drive doesn't necessarily mean how Bridget needs to be set up to drive. But in the same way, we've both been created uniquely. You have been created uniquely. You are created in a unique individual way and you need to know however God has created you, that is the way you are to operate in the same way that David wasn't needing to act or be like Saul or anybody else thinking, oh, I'm going in battle, I better look, play the role. Don't think, oh, I need to look like them, I need to do this. How has God prepared you right now? How is it that God has equipped you for the battle you're in? And maybe the best thing you can do is just Pray. Take your experiences and just pray, but let's look at what God has already done for us. And then let's say, we're equipped. Not that you don't ever go get more equipping, more training, more developing. David continued to be a great warrior and continued to do more and more. He didn't take a slingshot with him everywhere he went. He didn't have like a holster with a quick slingshot or anything like that. He he had a sword, He, he developed and grew. But in that season, that's what he was prepared to do. So whatever season you're in right now, use that. Use whatever God's given you right now. So you look at this, we have two different responses here. You have Saul's response and you have David's response. You have a human response and you have God's preparation. There's God's preparation in your life. There's a kingdom strategy and a human strategy. Look, whatever God has prepared you for, go with God's strategy. Don't try to be somebody else, but walk through the battle knowing that you are prepared, you are ready. And by ready, it means that sometimes the only thing we can do is rely on God. But we're ready to rely on God. We're ready for that. Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 8 says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Trust in the Lord. As you're facing whatever you're facing, trust in the Lord. Something else I want to point out is he put on Saul's armor. But I have a question for you. Is there something you've put on that God never asked you to put on? Is there something you're wearing today that God never asked you to that you need to take off? That you're thinking, I did that for this reason. I did that for that reason. Is there something that God never asked you to put on that we need to take off? Philippians 4.19 says, And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now to our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. God has equipped you. So picking up on the story, David, uh, he put all of Saul's um, armor on, and he said, this isn't for me. So then he uh, takes it off. He takes his staff and his slingshot. He walks down to a little river there, and he gathers five riverbed rocks, five large riverbed rocks, and he puts them in uh, his stash ready to go. Now, why five stones? Uh, I believe it says later that um Goliath had four brothers, and I just think that he looked over there and thought, you know, just in case four brothers come, I'm going to take all four of them out. I'm going to take out the entire family. We'll take them all out. (laughs) So he gathers five stones, uh, and he takes them with him to go fight. Now, these are not like pea gravel things. They're, They're substantial. They can do some damage. So whenever Bridget and I were first married, we went camping somewhere, and we went to this river, and there was river bedrocks everywhere, and so we were having a little skipping competition, and so I would skip a rock, then she would skip a rock, and I'd skip a rock, and she would skip a rock, and seeing how many times we can make it skip, when suddenly, Bridget says it was just simply a late release, but she, and it just caught me right in the jugular, just... <laughs> I thought she was trying to take me out. I was thinking, did I do something wrong? We're just freshly married. What, what happened? But it was just a simple re- late release, right, babe? <laughs> <laughs> so stones can do some serious damage. So point number one is the past. Point number two is the present. Point number three is the future. So now David's going into battle, and when Goliath sees David, he starts mocking him. He starts mocking God. And he's saying like, who is this that you would send a boy, a youth to come and fight me? What in the world? I like, come on, send a real man. And so he starts mocking him and speaking at him. So this is David's response. You come to me with a sword, and it's verse 45. You come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcass of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth. Talk about some trash talk. <laughs> He, he's going at it. Like he's, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And then let's focus on this part. Then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear for the battle is the Lord's. The battle is the Lord's. And he will give you into our hands. And just as Pastor Mark said earlier, we have a part God has a part. What was David's part in this? David's part was to be obedient. But what was God's part? The victory. The victory is God's part. Our part is to be obedient. And he didn't just sit back and say, Lord, just strike him down with lightning. He had to go fight. He had to do something. He had to have the courage, the bravery to go. But he trusted God. He looked back at his past and said, Lord, you will deliver me. You have prepared me. In the same way you have delivered me then, you will deliver me today. And he pressed in and he had a part, but he went after it. But his part was to be obedient. God's part is the victory because the battle is the Lord's. The battle is the Lord's. Deuteronomy 20 verse four says, for the Lord your God is he who goes with you to fight with you against your enemies to save you. Philippians 1.6 says, being confident in of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it. Whatever it is that God's already started in you, he will complete it. Romans 8.31, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? God is for you. Whatever you're facing, God is for you. You have a part God has a part. The battle is the Lord's. It belongs to the Lord. But we have a part too. We need to press in. We can look back at what God's already done. We can look back at the victories that we already have and believe today. Believe that today. Something else that David did is he's saying as Goliath is coming after him and he's going after Goliath, the battle is the Lord's. He is looking at his problem And he is prophesying into his situation. He is prophesying, not just hoping, not, Lord, please help me. It's not that. He is prophesying. The battle is the Lord's. This will happen. It belongs to the Lord. So then the story goes on, and he fights Goliath by, he takes a slingshot, slings uh, a rock directly into, right between his eyes, sinks in. He goes down, he goes and basically fulfills that, everything that he said he was going to do. The the armies take off and running, but the battle is the Lord's. What is the problem, the the situation that we might be facing? And let's declare the battle is the Lord's. And oftentimes it's not in the flesh, it's in the spiritual realm that we need to look at it. We need to, to pray into these things and say, Lord, this is yours. The battle is yours but Lord, we're going to take it out spiritually. We're going to press in until we see victory. So I mentioned we have three kids, Parker, Mitchell, and Bray. Parker is the oldest, and then Mitchell. But we had Parker, everything went great. And then Bridget got pregnant again. And two months into it, she started bleeding. And she had a miscarriage. Then she gets pregnant again. And two weeks later... I mean, uh, two months into it, she starts bleeding again and has another miscarriage. So then she gets pregnant again. Two and a half months into it, she starts bleeding. So we go to the doctor, we have a sonogram, we have them check it out. And they said, listen, you have a large blood mass there next to the baby, much bigger than the baby. And what will often happen is your body will recognize that's blood, try to flush out the blood and then you'll have another miscarriage. So we said, no, we're gonna pray. We're we're gonna pray and we're gonna believe for God for a miracle. We're gonna ask God to help this baby, to deliver this baby. And so, Dr. put Bridget on uh, bed rest and every time we'd go in, it just seemed like, Lord, what's happening? The blood mass just kept growing and growing. But the good news is, the baby kept growing too, and baby kept growing. And so then eventually the baby was larger than the blood mass. And we just kept praying and praying until eventually Mitchell was born. And that was a miracle. The doctor said before, it would be extremely on the rare side if you could have a full-term baby and, uh, and, and not miscarry. That would be rare if that happened, but it happened. Because God delivered him, God took care of him. So then, a year later, he's a year old now. Bridget is making her oldest kid a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, and thinks, "Okay, uh, Mitchell, you're old enough. Here's some a little bit of peanut butter." He just barely touches it to this uh, on his lip and shrugs. Well, instantly he swells up in hives, and he swell and he he, he blows up and stuff. And so we're like. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. So we take him to the doctor. They uh, schedule us with a allergist specialist. And we go in there and they said, we're going to test him for all these allergies. The way they do is they prick his back with all these different things. And it takes about 30 minutes and then it'll swell up if he's allergic to it. So uh, they prick his back. But as soon as they touched him with peanut, then it instantly swelled up. What is going on? So then the doctor comes in And he says, uh, your son has an extreme severe allergy to peanuts. Anything peanuts, peanut butter, peanut anything. He can't be around it. He can't touch it. He can't look at it. Nothing. Like, okay. And he says, so he gives us an EpiPen and he says, take, like, basically use this EpiPen. He has to have it his entire life. And if anything happens, just stab him with this EpiPen and it will help him. And so we carry this EpiPen, but uh, he's telling us and he shares. And, you know, oftentimes what will happen is allergies will increase, not decrease. So he said, come back in a year from now and we'll test him again. But that way we'll know what allergies he's added on to it and how much worse it's gotten and all this. Bridget says, being a very woman of faith, says, nope, we're going to pray and God's going to heal him. The doctor said, but you heard what I said about the EpiPen, right? Like you heard that, like don't forget the EpiPen, wherever you go. And she said, I know, but we're going to pray and God's going to heal him. So that year we prayed and we said, Lord, in the same way that David looked back and said, you have delivered me from the paw of the, bear, uh, from the, paw of the lion and the bear, you will deliver me. We were looking back and saying, Lord, his birth is a miracle. You have already given us a miracle. There is a calling on his life. Lord, we beg you, please, Lord, heal him of this allergy. We've already seen your goodness. When we pray that we continue to see your goodness today, we pray that you heal him from this allergy. That it will be gone in Jesus name. And we're praying and we're praying. So a year later, we go back in and he starts pricking his back and does the peanut thing. No reaction. So then they, God healed (laughs) him. Next thing you know, they start rubbing peanut butter on him. And it's like, what's, then there's peanut butter rubbed all over him and he's eating peanut, by the time we leave, he's eating peanuts, eating peanut butter, soaked in peanuts all over him. No response. God healed him. God healed him. We looked back and said, God is faithful. God was faithful. He will be faithful. And we're believing for that. God healed him. He's a year and a half old now. And he's one of those, not now, but at this time. And so he he was one of those kids that whenever he's really, really, really focused, he bites his tongue. So he'd be like, I, that's the look of like, I'm in deep engagement of focus. And so he was extremely focused. He was on the bed playing. All of a sudden, he falls off the bed on his way down. He hits his chin on the nightstand. And you know, as you kids, they have different cries. And there's one cry that's like, uh-oh, something is seriously wrong. And so we heard that cry. Bridget runs over, picks him up, and is holding him. And almost instantly, Bridget's whole shirt is just covered in blood. And so uh, we're looking at it. And what had happened is he had bit through his tongue completely. I'm like you guys. I was so queasy. I was like, Lord kill something, I can't do it. So we rushed him to a uh, children's hospital that was near us. And uh, the guy there says, he measures it. He's taking pictures of it. And he's saying, listen, I just transitioned a week ago to this hospital. You need to go to the Cook's Children's in downtown because they're going to have to do surgery. There's this huge, like all the way through, you could drop a quarter through his tongue. It was like, they measured it. It was disgusting. And he said, basically, It's attached just barely on each side, but it's all the way through. And so he said, what they'll do is they'll tip, they'll stitch just the tip of his tongue so they can pull it and hold it out. And then they stitch the top of his tongue and then the bottom of his tongue. But you better go immediately to the Cook Children's in downtown. We started praying, we jump in the car and we're just uh, going there and we call everyone we know and saying, please pray, pray. We need a miracle, pray. And there's all these things that could happen to his tongue and not be able to use it. And so uh, we're just, we're praying and saying, Lord, in the same way with David, that you delivered him from the paw of the bear and the lion. But we're just saying, Lord, you have already delivered him from so much. Lord, we are looking at his birth and that was a miracle. Lord, we are looking at his peanut allergy. That was a miracle. Lord, we are asking for a miracle. And in the present, all we had was prayer. That's all we could do. There's nothing I could have done other than pray. And so we just prayed and we prayed and said, Lord, you've equipped us to just believe and have faith, but that's all we can do. And we're looking into the future and we're saying, Lord, this battle is yours. Lord, we declare this child is yours and we are praying for a healing. We get to the hospital and that. Guy from the previous hospital, his, I think his name was John, and he had called ahead and set everything up for us so they could do instant surgery. And so it, um, they rush us back, and they were like, well, John is the type that always downplays everything that he would ever tell us about. Like, he always makes it sound like it's not a big deal, and like, they're missing half their arm. And he said, no, it's just a little flesh wound. Like, that's who John was, is what the other hospital tells us. And they're like, but for some reason, we saw the pictures, we saw the measurements, but this cut is drastically smaller. And there is, he's not bleeding anymore. They said, we do not have to do surgery. We don't have to do surgery on your son. God healed him. He healed him at birth. He healed his peanut allergy. He healed him, his tongue. His tongue got better. But we look just like this and we can look at the past and see that God has been faithful. We look at the present and say, God is faithful. We look at the future and say, God is going to be faithful. And whatever you're going through, know that God is faithful. And if there's something, that a challenge you're facing right now, I want you to imagine another time previously that you've saw God be faithful. And then say, Lord, You have been faithful. I remember this moment that you did this in my life. I remember this moment that you've done this. And I look at this situation, I look at this problem, I look at whatever this is, and I say, the battle is the Lord's. This is your battle. I have a part and you have a part, but the victory is yours. And with great battles come great victories. So declare, I want you to say after me, the battle is the Lord's. One more time, the battle is is the Lord's. Let me pray with you. Lord, thank you for every single person here, Lord. I just pray that you would just show yourself strong on their behalf. Lord, whatever they're facing, whatever's going on, Lord, I just pray that we can uh, recognize and see when you have come through in such a way in our past, And Lord, we recognize that and say that was you and you have been faithful. Lord, I look at the present and say, Lord, how have you equipped me to face this challenge? And then Lord, I declare over it that the battle is yours, that this is yours, it belongs to you. And I choose to be obedient and I choose to pursue you, but Lord, we need the victory from you. Lord, thank you for your goodness. Lord, thank you for your goodness in every single person's life in here. And Lord, thank you for your goodness for Pathway Church. Thank you for what you're going to do in Pathway Church. Thank you for what you're going to do in every single person's life here. And we declare, just like David said, we're prophesying into the situation and saying the battle is the Lord's, amen.
0: Amen. Go ahead and stand with me, if you would. If you will bow your heads, I just want to take a quick opportunity. We never like to let a day pass where we don't give people an opportunity to respond to Jesus. And so if that's you, maybe in, as you're hearing Pastor James deliver this message, the battle of the Lord's, maybe you feel like you're far from him. Maybe you're in a battle and you feel like you're by yourself or you're alone. Let me assure you that you're not, that he's close. But he wants you closer to him. And So just like the one that lifted their hand in the first service that we're so thankful for, if that's you, and you'd say, Pastor Mark, I want to be close to Jesus, maybe for the first time, or maybe it's just returning to Him. If that's you, I just want to pray over you, where you where you stand. So if you just lift your hand where I can see it, thank you, thank you, thank you. Amen. Anyone else? Thank you. If you four will just pray something like this with me. Jesus, I love you. I give you everything that I am, everything that I was, and everything that I ever will be. I ask you forgive me of any sin in my heart, that the blood that you gave on Calvary for me, I receive it and it washes me white as snow. I invite you into my heart to be my Lord, to be my Savior, and to be my very best friend. In Jesus' name. That never gets old. Let's just pray together, path. I'm gonna pray over you as we dismiss just to seal this word that God's spoken to us today through Pastor James and through the word of God. Father, we just thank you that the battle is yours. We just stand in faith, Father, when there's so many things going on around us that we can't explain or don't understand. You are constant. You are steadfast. You never change. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. Thank you that we can put our entire weight on you, that we can trust you. In every season of life and every trial in life, that as long as we keep our faith in you, you will carry us through to victory. And that one day we'll be able to look back at some of these really hard seasons that we've gone through and see your faithfulness one more time help us in this moment to look back just as pastor James was speaking at all the victories behind us sometimes those lose a little focus in the middle of a storm but help us to see where you've had us all along where you've championed for us father the miracles The fact that we're all here in your house today is a miracle, a miracle by grace. So Father, we just thank you. We love you. We trust you. We ask that you'd be with us every step of the way and look forward to the testimonies that will come from these battle seasons. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Give Jesus just one more big round of applause, if you will. If you're a guest, we have a a free gift for you out at the Little Orange Guest Tent, and uh, we'd encourage you to go pick that up and meet some of our staff and serve team. Pathway, I just want you to know that we love you, that we're here for you. If you need prayer, please let us know. We wanna pray for you. And in the meantime, just know that we win. Amen. All right, love you guys. We'll see you next time here.